This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID, the smart choice for MDL implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant and UL certified for all transaction modes. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community. Now celebrating our 90th anniversary. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. This week, I am joined by Electra Bussell. Electra is the Senior Director at the Colorado Department of Revenue Division of Motor Vehicles. Electra, welcome to your first appearance on our Amphicast. Well, thank you. It's just, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. Really appreciate the uh, invite. So one of the reasons I wanted to ask you to come on is you are now coming up on a year or past a year in the role in Colorado? Just coming up on a year, uh, June 27th. Okay. Exact. Yeah. And you have an interesting perspective because you are new to the role in Colorado coming up on a year, but it's a return tour to the to the DMV world after a little bit of a break from our community. It is. It is. And uh, yeah, Florida, uh, 2007 to 2010 with the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor yeah. Vehicles. Um, and then with the Colorado Department of Public Safety, five years and then was blessed to join the Division of Motor Vehicles at yeah. the Department of Revenue. So. When you were with Florida, were you involved? Because that was kind of before my time with, with AMVA. Were you involved with AMVA? Did you come to the events? Were you engaged as well then? I was. Um, I'm not going to, not as much as I am now right. as the division director. Um, but at that time, we had Glenn Turner. Oh, yeah, of course. Yep. And um, I got to spend some time with him regionally mm -hmm. uh, at some of the regional events. Um, and that we had uh, a lot of uh, folks, uh, Boyd Wald and others from Florida, yeah, yeah, yeah. that were um, attending all the uh, AMVA events. And really, just it was. Um, a great organization then, uh, but I have to tell you, uh, 13 years later, as I join it here now a second time, I have just seen it grow yeah. and uh, just find its way um, to be really such a support to organizations and agencies in, in the motor vehicle administrator world. Well, that's really nice to hear. I, I am curious, though, though the certainly the AMVA contrast is interesting to hear. I'm interested in the world of motor vehicles as you left it then mm -hmm. and then returning. I'm sure you had some expectations. I mean, you weren't completely divorced right. from it being in public safety. You had some view into it, but I imagine you had this concept of I know what I left it when I left the world in Florida and what might be same or different as I return to it in Colorado yeah so it's interesting you say that when I when I go around and sp speak with the uh, employees in our driver license offices and even in the motor on the motor vehicle side I say um, you know what we do has not changed all that much mm. when I look back at my Florida days uh, I remember I was appointed March of 2000 nine um hold on one second march of 2007 and uh, i walked out of the appointment and there were media there asking me uh what did i think about the real id and how was florida going to implement mm -hmm. the real id and um you know we we did a campaign a go gather get campaign mm. all about you know the documentation and what's required you know and i come to colorado here you know 12 years later and um Guess what? We, we're we're now we are real ID compliant. You know, ninety seven percent of our wow. identifications yeah. are are real ID compliant. And that's um, in an opt in. That's in an opt in state. We are not an opt in. You're state. not opt in state. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. But so you've we got are ninety seven percent that have gone through the process and converted. Gone through the process, yeah. converted. So everyone who you know, we yeah. don't we don't give them a choice. Um, but so 
not much has changed, by the way. The, when I sit in an office and I watch the type of documents people are bringing in, mm-hmm. you know, pulling out their utility bill and yeah. <laughs> this and that, all of that really is the same. At the time, obviously, in two, between 2007 and almost 2010, uh, we were figuring it out mm-hmm. at that time. But Real ID, same thing. Um, and a lot of the way we issue a credential, very similar. What has changed is technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the how has changed. Right. The what, not so right, much. Right. The how, definitely. And I get to see how much we've been able to leverage technology mm-hmm. to create better customer experiences or have a more efficient process of sure. the way we do business. So it really is interesting to me um, to listen just the acronyms, IRP, um, um, or uh, we didn't have emissions in uh, Florida, so that's, oh, okay. that's a so new a thing new, for me. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, I've had to learn uh, more about sort of how that plays a role in safety. But anyway, it's really like the what we've are what we do has not changed that dramatically. Mm-hmm. How, how we, we do, do it, yeah, yeah it has. What what have been some of those biggest surprises for you when you like when you start to learn the technology or how you're doing it that's differently? Certainly, some things you would have expected. You know, here you are. You know, more than a decade later, technology advances. But there must have been a few things like, wow, I had no idea we've come this far on blank. Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's a great question. I think some of it obviously is the ability to do things virtually. Yeah. Right. And have that connection, even though you're not in person, and finding those avenues where you can do things. virtually Um, and just the amount of that you can do right nowadays so that was that was one thing Um, you know we talked about pocket talk yeah. Right, you know, won awards uh, here at the Region 4 uh, conference. So th- everybody that's listening, where's the day? Can you give me the, the quick version of, you know, Pocket Talk, what it is, why it is? Sure, you know, Pocket Talk is a device that's about the size of a telephone, and it uh, will real-time translate uh, 90 plus languages. Mm. And so, for instance, uh, you know, one of the biggest uh, areas of uh, friction at times, and also uncomfortableness, is when a customer comes in, and English isn't their main, yeah language Mm -hmm. Uh, either maybe they're non-speakers but also maybe they're just it's not their first language so it's difficult to communicate and that makes that trip even more uncomfortable Mm -hmm. so you know we were able to buy these devices we put two in most offices and now when someone who let's say is a Spanish speaker and they don't have someone there that is uh, translating uh, we pull out this device and we pick English for me my side and then we pick Spanish for the other Mm. I press a button and I say, how can I help you today? What kind of, what service are you here, for instance? Uh, it literally automatically translates to Spanish, mm. and you see the smile come on the yeah. customer's face, right? And then they press the button, they speak back in Spanish, and it is automatically translating uh, to English. Now, Spanish is one thing. You know, we do have a lot of Spanish speakers in terms of like employees that can translate and interpret, but a French, uh, Mandarin. Um, Russian, you know, mm-hmm. that's those aren't languages necessarily as common. So this uh, just provides an opportunity to have a way better experience, both for our employees and sure. the customer. It takes that barrier out of the the interaction. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So you know, seeing things like that, like, right? You know, the automa- that that immediate translation right. to make to make the. Um, interaction better was a was one of those moments of wow you know we've really we've really come a long way um you know just um we're looking at different ways of doing drive tests and and um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one of the things another state one of the states that we're looking at uh is a business model from tennessee and georgia i think is using it as well where you know we don't they don't have employees going into drive tests anymore Mm -hmm. they have cameras Cameras, they have gps yep. yep 
And um, so they're totally leveraging technology to do something that in the old days, mm-hmm. in what, 2007, <laughs> 2009, um, you know, we were like, that's that's an impossibility. Of course, you know? so, of course. So there's really cool things like that going on. And the other thing that I've noticed is these are technology not built for motor vehicles. It's not like... I have a business and my focus is on motor vehicles. Whoever invented Pocket Talk was not thinking that I have to invent something for a DMV customer service agent to deal with their customers. Right, it was for education. And then one of our employees who was looking actually for something else stumbled across it and said, you know where the bigger gap is? It's language. And look what I found here online. And that was an employee discovery that went up through the ranks and and we've been able to purchase not only for us, but we actually just purchased uh, for our county partners. Oh, uh, two, two for each of their offices as well, who are doing our motor vehicle work. That's cool. Yeah. Now, some of this technology, like such as the uh, examiner not being in the vehicle, was fueled by COVID, as so much of this stuff r- really was. I'm curious, because here you are, you're coming on a year. You're coming on kind of in that transition out mm-hmm. of COVID mm-hmm. and into a state that, you know, a lot of folks know that the Colorado, uh, you know, DMV and that division that you took leadership of was um, aggressive in staying in a remote workplace mm-hmm. when other government agencies across North America kind of went back to a more traditional in person. And so I'm curious yeah. of how being onboarded in a leadership <laughs> role in a remote environment yeah. was, was for you. Yeah. So... It's interesting that you just asked me that question because <laughs> during my interview, they said, what do you think is going to be the hardest thing for you? And I said, coming in as a leader in a remote environment. Yeah. And honestly, I'm going to say that I that has proven true. Yeah. Um, you know, that being able to make relationships uh, mm. more quickly. Now, I will tell you that this group, has, the welcoming in this group has been tremendous, right? And the support. But it's just not the same as being able to be down the hallway. Uh, my deputy director, for instance, it was three or four months before I saw her in uh, person. Wow. Yeah. Um, and others as well. Um, so it really, it's been some challenges. It, it, there's been some challenges for sure. I think uh, the type of people that we have that are so like go-getters, innovative, Mm -hmm. they've made it easy for me. But that's probably been my biggest challenge of just getting to know people and you're in this just virtual environment. Mm -hmm. Um, It is harder. you know, to stay connected, all of those things. So one of the things that I've done over the last year is try to get to every driver's license office. So mm. I have about six or seven left. Oh, wow. And these folks had only seen me like on a little square, right. you know, with 100 <laughs> yeah, people yeah, 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 yeah. in a, in a um, Google Meet. Yeah. And so to just have that where you can see body language and you get to really see the individual and they get to see me, I mean, that has just been uh, amazing. So... You know, I've really tried to uh, make it a point of trying to have those personal interactions when we can, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also supporting sort of the remote world. You know, our call centers are all remote, mm-hmm. and then we got technology, AWS, to help us, yep. you know, improve that. And so, and I've been going to smaller groups just to drop in on their stand-ups and things like that. But mm-hmm. it has been, um, there's a challenge there to really form those relationships that yeah. you're used to. Uh, but that was funny you asked me that yeah. because that was the when I, that was my answer is coming in in a remote environment. I've never done course, that before. No, yeah, and not knowing a soul. Yeah, right. Because you were coming from the outside, you didn't have those existing relationships. And I think what we what we learned during COVID was 
the remote worked smoothly where you had already that existing relationship to build on a remote relationship. But when you were building a new relationship right. to do that over Google Meet, Zoom, yep. Go, you know, Teams, whatever it is, um, was a different type of challenge. Yeah, it's definitely better um, than in the old days where I would have come in on whatever conference calls, right? Oh, sure. Thank yeah, God, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. if COVID was going to happen, it oh. happened during the time that we had technology you could actually see Absolutely. each other. If COVID happened in, you know, 1992, <laughs> who knows what, you know, what would have happened. Things would have really stopped. Can you imagine? Still. Exactly. Yeah. And I actually, <laughs> my wife and I used to talk about that all the time is related to the kids. Like, can you imagine if we were kids and this happened and we right. didn't have the ability to play online video games and FaceTime with our friends? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh. In 2004, I was working for a state ag agency in Florida, a different state agency, yeah. and um, our emails, our email system went down, and yeah. we called it like the Great Crash of 2004. And <laughs> we would still type out our emails, we'd print them, and then walk them down to the person. And we were like, "What do we do?" Know. You know, get the old inner office uh, memo envelope where you used to put it in there, yeah. you'd sign it, and the next person would open it up and sign it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that should be on uh, some kind of uh, uh, picture that says, "Are you old enough to remember this?" <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, but you know, the other piece about that is, if I remember correctly, Colorado is one of those states where not only did every did a lot of the management stay remote, you uh, the state actually said, well, we don't need the office space anymore, and they very aggressively got rid mm -hmm. of your physical space. And so, are you? Do you now? Do you have a physical space, or are you and your management team fully remote from from home? Yeah, so we have a we actually have a physical office space. It's uh, called our Pierce location, uh, which is the name of the street that the uh, that the building is on. But it is uh, rarely used. So I think uh, between um, our division as well as some of the other divisions mm -hmm. within the department, it's either twenty or thirty percent occupied. So we have our front end driver's license mm -hmm. and motor vehicle. Uh, folks there and driver control folks that are actually working in uh, the rotunda where customers front facing right customers yep, coming in yep. and then we have some back office cashiering that are there full-time mm -hmm. um, and but our entire call center is out admins out but we still have space there mm -hmm. but we're going in one two three times a month mm -hmm. um, and so I think the last thing I saw is we're, we're like 30 percent occupied of this particular building mm -hmm. at any given time um, and that's after we moved our headquarters and gave up our headquarters. And so we have already downsized once, which is interesting. Right. Uh, but yeah, we are 100% remote unless we want to come in for either a workshop or something like that. Right. But I technically have an office. Sure. It's barren. Yeah. So it's, and, and you know, you get used to what's, you know, comfortable at home. My two screens. Of course. My refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> those kinds of things. But it's, um, the, the reason I go into the office now, it would be either for a, like a workshop or something mm. that we want to powwow in person. Right. Some sort of collaboration where you need a whiteboard. Correct. Yeah. Or going and visiting the folks that are in office still. Right. So that are doing the services. Rather than, uh, oh, I have meetings. I'm just going to go to my office in my completely blank office and do my virtual meetings, Right. I would rather go and visit the folks who are there full time. Of course. And so that's the way I look at that. So yeah. we've downsized, but we're still only using really just a portion of the, the Pierce building. Yeah. And so in addition to your challenges onboarding as a leader in that environment, what's been your, and I didn't even know we were going to talk about this, you know, this just kind of comes up naturally. Yeah. Uh, the culture of the organization has shifted and you know I'm curious because AMVA as an organization is going through a similar transformation mm -hmm. um, how that culture shifts for the organization overall 
And even in the case of like, it sounds like your agency, where it's almost a hybrid, right? You've got some folks that are primarily remote. You have the customer yeah. folks who are still primarily in person and how, what that leads to in terms of an organizational culture. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be intentional when you have uh, that, when you have folks, well, not only do we have folks in office and folks remote, then we have the folks outside of the Denver metro area, Yeah. right? And so and last week I was traveling, uh, I think it was last week or the week before now, the, the weeks are, are running together, <laughs> but I traveled to uh, sort of south east uh, small offices. One is just a two-person office in Trinidad. Oh, wow. And then Lamar, La Junta, also two to three people offices. Mm -hmm. And um, understanding their needs as well. So you have remote, you have in-person, but you have in-person in Denver Metro. Yeah. Way different of than in-person in the rural. Yeah. And then you have remote. And I think number one is you have to be really intentional. You got to be thoughtful and thinking about what you're doing, uh, so that if you are going to have events in Denver Metro, that you're thinking about what's the impact of those that are outside, mm -hmm. or what's the impact of those that are remote. One of the things we've tried to do is like if our driver's license office in Colorado Springs has an event, that that they also invite the remote members that we have living in Colorado Springs to just maintain that connection a little bit, because and they may not be in driver's license, they might be in motor vehicles, they might be in uh, what we call admin, but they're in Colorado Springs, so maybe bring them together. So um, number one is you have to be intentional. Here's what I will also say is the group that I say I got dropped into, mm -hmm. they already had this under control. Yeah. They were like way ahead of me. And so pretty much I listened to the, I listened to what they're doing. Yeah, hey, what about this? Or you're tweaking mm -hmm. this or whatever. They know what they're doing. They What they did during COVID and then going forward mm -hmm. and keeping the wheels on the vehicle going, yeah. no pun intent, I guess for that sure. is a pun, That's a, there's a DMV pun for you. But anyway, yep. they already had that under control, it's really amazing, and I, you know, I come in with like, what about this or what about that? But it's not like, oh, we haven't, we're not doing anything, we gotta come up with something. Right. So, but I do think number one that comes to mind is being intentional when you yeah. have these types of uh, different types of work environments. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you talked about Pocket Talk, but what are the other kind of uh, new initiatives that either, you know, you've been able to get started in the first year or you're trying to think about getting started? And I know, like you said, I know you are listening to your team a lot, so you you have the benefit of not having to come up with a bunch of your own new ideas because you've got a fantastic bench of talent that's probably got more ideas than you have time to do. Yeah, 100%. I yeah. mean, they everything was like in motion already. Yeah. So, you know, when we, we call it the road ahead. So like sort of my like, where are we going is, Where's the what's the road ahead, right? Yeah. And so, so we have a, we have a pilot project right now, and it was actually one of the sessions here called virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. uh, we sort of identified that you know the folks that are uh, that um, have the worst experience are the ones that have waited for a couple weeks to get an appointment, mm -hmm. first time, credential, mm. uh, credential folks, and they come in, they think they have all their paperwork, they don't. Yeah. They get sent home without it, and then they have to make another appointment. Frustrating. Um, and so what we've taken to doing right now, pilot, very basic, is calling for the Colorado Springs office, calling every single person that's who has made an appointment as a first time. We know they're going to need a bunch of documents. And they get to talk to about 30% of them, to be honest with hmm. you, which isn't horrible, uh, but it actually, uh, it's something. And they say, hey, Let's go through what you're bringing. Uh, do you have your birth certificate? If you've been married before, do you have both? Uh, do you have mm -hmm. the marriage license? Do you have this? Do you have that? 
and do you have your passport, whatever it might be, um, and with the goal of when they come, it's in and out. So two things. One, they're happier because they're getting the credential that they've come in mm-hmm. one trip to the DMV, right? And then secondly, it's an easier th- for, our, for our employees who aren't having this friction with someone that says, wait a minute, I read everything. Right. It didn't say this. Yeah. And it's complicated. The yeah. truth is, it's especially your first time, yeah. it's complicated. Yeah. So that's a cool thing. I think you know that could evolve into something bigger. It could be evolve into video calls, for right. instance. But right now, we're doing phone calls, and we're trying to talk to folks to make sure they get what they need in their first trip to the DMV. So you're identifying them based on their appointment. Yep. This is the first time, and it's a proactive call. It says, hey, we've seen your you're yep. scheduled for next week. We want to make sure yep. you're set to have this smooth transaction. You have this, this, and that, and making sure they're they're aware of it. That's yeah. Fa- yeah. And in addition to that, they're finding that some of those folks could actually do it online. Ah. And so maybe they picked the wrong appointment type, for instance. And so they've been able to also identify and push people online. And so we're, we just started that in February. It's sort of like mm-hmm. in that like baby stage yeah. uh, novice stage but we think that is that approach that concept is mm. the right way to do it to make the trip uh, make a one trip or get online and then also make it better so that's pretty cool you mentioned the start of that though that you identified that this was the population that was either struggling the most or having the worst experience mm-hmm. how did you identify that was it a you know purposeful collection of metrics or was it you sat around the room and anecdotally it made sense that these were the populations causing the, the struggle yeah so I think a little bit of both we get we get these reports you know of disruptive customers or something mm-hmm. like that and when you're looking at those reports you're seeing that many, many of them are uh, because they weren't able to get their credential. There's mm-hmm. a lot of different reasons why they might not be able to get it, sure. including the fact they may not they may they may not be eligible. You right. know? They might have had everything, but what they have still doesn't get them what they want. Correct, exactly. <laughs> and then just the years of experience as well. Sure. Plus the complexity of the transaction. It's just mm-hmm. sort of a given mm-hmm. that, you know, some of these other tr- transactions are much less complex. Yeah. So with all those three things together, we were like, let's let's focus on this group right now. Um, so that's something that we're yeah. excited about. The other thing I think that's on our road ahead is expanding our kiosk program. Hmm. So right now we have 57 kiosks in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have 33 out of the 65 counties participating. And what that means is if I'm in County A, but I go to County B and use the kiosk, I can still do my County A work. Oh, nice. So that And they get the money for it. So it's just this connector. So they may not have a kiosk in their county, but they're participating in the program. And I think that the last percentage I saw was like 9% of total like renewals are done on kiosks. So our goal this year is to expand the footprint of those kiosks. So mm-hmm. you can do some uh, motor vehicle transactions mostly. And um, I don't know what I don't know what that number looks like. I don't know if that number is 100 or 75, mm-hmm. but really look to see where in the state we can do it, especially in the rural areas, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. People love it. In three minutes, they're printing out your registration and your decal or tab to right. go take it to your car. Yeah. Um, and then ultimately looking to add some driver's license services as well. Mm-hmm. So the kiosk program is something that is a, very much a convenient service for yeah. um, customers, uh, brings our services to where customers are, and um, I think it's just a, it's a great opportunity for us to expand that program to allow more folks to not have to come to the physical office, but can go be in their King Supers. Mm-hmm. Of course, you may not know King Supers, no, but, but I, I can your Publix yeah, or whatever right, it is, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, and be able to uh, take care of their motor vehicle, renew their motor vehicle registration, yeah. for instance. So it's not only a kiosk, but it's a kiosk that is doesn't need to be checked on by somebody. It can really be set up and left alone and... 
you know, whatever happens, happens. Is there a way, if someone has a challenge at the kiosk, they would then contact you for follow-up. But I'm curious, did you find that, I'm sure whatever you could do in the kiosk, you could also do online. Correct. Is there anything about what you've discovered about citizens of Colorado that maybe there's there's still a population that would prefer to go to the kiosk than do it online, or the rural areas still has connectivity access? Right. I think you just number yeah. one, what you just, the last thing you said is the connectivity access with the rural areas. Yeah. Um, because this is more of something sitting in front of you, and you're not online on the internet. I think there is a group, a population that is more likely to use a kiosk. Yeah. Um, and then also just. You know, it's the, I'm in the grocery store and I'm leaving and there's the kiosk. Uh, oh, you know yeah, what, I yeah. need to do that. It's, a, it's just another avenue for them to be able to do it. You can do more online right now because you can do driver's license tra uh, sure. renew uh, renewals and things like that online. Line. But I think it's just like, you know, you gotta just like sales channels, right? You gotta have multiple sales channels. Right, there's no single solution for any of it. You have to have the different options for people to access. Correct, including physical. There's always gonna be the need to go to a physical uh, driver's license office or yeah. motor vehicle office as well. But if we can provide these other avenues and then the people who are coming into the office are the people who have to come in. Right. Then they're gonna be able to get appointments faster. Right. They'll, they'll have service faster, all of those things if we can really educate and get people to use some of these other convenience services. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and in addition to that, we just rolled out our DMV to go, one of the awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's and your, your mobile unit. Our mobile unit, it's our RV. We also have two SUVs but the RV actually has three full stations in there for driver's license. Mm -hmm. um, and we literally, I think we've probably come close to 100,000 miles already since wow. August, uh, traversing the state, going to for everything from prisons and jails to rural counties who don't have a driver's license office mm -hmm. within an hour, um, to um, senior living centers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so again, this whole idea of bringing our services to people who can't get to a physical yeah. uh, location. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting as well. So this all wrapped up in this road ahead that you refer to, is that, I'm curious, is that like, is it an actual document where you can all sit around and say these are the priorities, or is this a, Electra's branding of our, our vision, everyone knows it kind of uh, fits into this scope. Yeah, right now it's a branding of the vision. We have strategic planning uh, in process. Neat. Uh, we're literally just, uh, we have we had like 13 uh, proposals. So we should be probably June, June or so starting the strategic planning, but it's really like a branding of, you know, where are we going, what, what's the road ahead? Yeah. And so, and people, People know, you know. Listen, it's it's continuing our modernization. Mm -hmm. um, it's leveraging technology. It's enhancing our stakeholder and partnership um, opportunities. Uh, public education, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. People know sort of like that, but that's like really sort of a branded uh, branding of the vision that's right neat. now. That's great. That's great. Anything else you've been uh, thinking about as you you know? come in and it's a year into it, um, you do go, wow, this is a problem th that was there when I was in Florida and gosh, no one, no one has cracked this nut yet. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things, not just us, but everyone really is um, looking at right now is um, fraud and cybersecurity. Mm. And, you know, as we, as we continue to um, uh, increase the number of online services and continue to encourage people to use online services or kiosks or or we saw uh, a presentation of sort of this remote 
ability to do um, your your um, driver's license. You sit one place, and then there's the someone. Agent's another location. Yeah, the agent's yeah. another location. I mean, we just have to be really cognizant of the opportunity for fraud right. and ensure that when we talk about customer service, when we talk about that, it's not only ease of transaction, but it's also security of right. transaction. So I think that is just something that uh, will always be there. And as we uh, get uh, more and more uh, technologically savvy and start continuing to leverage technology, uh, you know, the criminals out there are industrious as well. Absolutely. And so I think to me, that's my like, that is an area that is sort of sitting on my shoulder sure. of, you know, yes, it's really important to push, to drive people to online. Yes, this is all good, but let's not forget the security. Right, because like you said, it's all about creating more channels for the customer to interact, but every time you create a new channel, it's a new opportunity, it's a new vulnerability, vulnerability. that you have to be, be cognizant of. 100%. And the, the online fraud, you know, cyber, not cyber fraud in the sense of, you know, cyber security, but the ability now for fraudsters to find the loopholes in the online transactions Correct. is something that folks are really starting to, to focus in on. And um, it's like you said earlier, the technology has changed so much, uh, but the fraudsters are on our heels every time we come up with something new. Right, right. If yeah. not, sometimes ahead. And we're, well, we're trying to, <laughs> unfortunately, catch up with them. So, That's, yeah, I think, you know, I remembered in Florida and we were doing, we were, I, I happened to have carried back with me um, my weekly and monthly reports that I was required to do to the governor and cabinet mm -hmm. and things like that. And I actually have my strategic plan from Florida. Um, and I look in there and it's amazing to me, you know, we had what we called Florida Licensing on Wheels, which is our DMV to go. Right. We were pushing online. We, we had e-titles and registration. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's really amazing to me to see that, but that was sort of the right inception of it and sure. now here we are where things we are, are mature it's much more yeah. robust mature and with that though comes some other risks and vulnerabilities yeah. so that's that's sort of what like my watch out is yeah it's also an interesting person when I hear you say that you know Florida Colorado you know almost from one side of the country to the other um, and it's just a reminder of though the different jurisdictions have you know certainly unique differences and characteristics far more similar Yes. Then, then different. Did you expect that, or did, was that a surprise that you go, wow, you know, here I am all the way on the other side of the country, but it's really ninety-five percent of the stuff is, you know, running parallel. Yeah, um, I think it was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah. To be honest, um, and a pleasant surprise to be honest with you, right. because I thought, wow, look at all these great things we're doing, and then. Yeah. And then I come here and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, look at all these great things we're doing on steroids. Yeah. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. that level above. You know, we were sort of like just working. It was the early days. It was the early it. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, it, was a, it was a very, very pleasant surprise, which sort of allowed me to sort of, I call it getting dropped in. Yeah. Drop in and made, it just made, made it easier and smoother, I yeah. think. Just having a foundational understanding of when someone was talking about this or that. That I actually understood what they were talking about foundationally, yeah. and then I got—I had to learn the Colorado way. Yes, because that personality, that culture is a little bit different. Right, right. And are you? Did you previously have roots in Colorado, or did this role and the previous role what is what brought you to Colorado? Uh, we actually, my husband's a forty-year law enforcement. Um, uh, professional and he was retiring from the Florida Department of Law Enforcement in 2017 18 mm -hmm. and we just knew we wanted to move to Colorado oh. and so in 2016 this job came out on um, 
one of the whatever postings, and it was for chief of staff for the uh, Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Management in the Colorado Department of Public Safety. Okay. And um, I looked at it, I'm like, mm, I think that aligns with my resume. So I threw my resume in. So it was really like we had chose Colorado. We had been visiting next. for yeah. years. Okay. And we had friends that lived that moved here. And then the job opportunity came, and because he was retiring, it made mm -hmm. it a lot easier, right? Sure. When not when you don't have to find two jobs, it's a lot easier <laughs> <laughs> than to find one. So no, yeah. we chose it. I was lucky enough uh, to get this uh, position in 2016, and uh, we love everything about. You know, you always hear good things about Colorado. Yeah. The quality of life there is just tremendous, and uh, we love it. That's so, wonderful. Just feel very blessed to uh, be in such a great state. That's great. Well, we are blessed lucky to have you back in the Anva community it's really really exciting to have you here and um, we didn't know each other previously when you were involved so it's just been wonderful to start to get to know you and looking forward to you continuing to engage with Anva and doing great things in Colorado awesome well so, thank you thank you so much for having me today yeah thank you all for listening this week as always thanks to our producers Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin till next week everyone stay well thank you for joining us for AnvaCast Hosted by Ian Grossman. Produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. 